And then I just had that sinking pit in my stomach of, oh my gosh, where is my wallet? And, you know, as a grown up woman now, if you've ever left your purse somewhere and you have that like moment of panic, that's what I felt as a nine year old. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money, but it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, grown-up friends. We've all left something behind and had that sinking feeling, that memory of, oh, if I could just have a do-over of that split-second decision, and it haunts us even if it's one of our earliest childhood memories. Very relatable story coming up. But first, welcome to all. If you are not already, let us know you are here by connecting on the socials, BobbyRebel1 on Instagram, BobbyRebel on Twitter, and DM me your feedback on the show so we can do more of what is making an impact for you. And of course, please subscribe if you're not already. Let's get to our financial grown-up for this episode, Talisha Carter who will forever remember that day at the rodeo as a nine-year-old. She now runs Foster Vitality, which she'll tell you about, and was recently named Ms. Entrepreneur USA for 2018. Here is Talisha Carter. Hey, Talisha Carter, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You are the force behind Foster Vitality, and you are also, fun fact, Ms. Female Entrepreneur USA, and it's for 2018, correct? Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Tell us a little about Foster Vitality, and then just briefly explain Ms. Female Entrepreneur USA. That sounds really cool, too. Thank you. I think it's pretty awesome. So Foster Vitality is the business I created all about helping women through their emotional healing journey. And then the Miss Female Entrepreneur USA, that is a pageant. And it was created to combine the pageant world of beauty and grace and then the female business side where women get to showcase their businesses. I love that because I think it's important that we evolve things like beauty pageants and support women, celebrate our accomplishments, but the real serious business accomplishments as well. Let's get into your many story because you started young. This is going to be one of those childhood ones and it has to do with a rodeo. You went to rodeos as a child. That's so cool. I loved it. Yes. I grew up in a small town. Rodeos were a big deal. And this particular rodeo was actually down in like Salt Lake City area. So about an hour and a half away from where I grew up. And this was like the big rigs, you know, (laughs) the big time. Yes, yes. And it was so much fun. I went there with my friend and her family. And you were how old? I was nine years old. I was a little wee one. (laughs) So cool. Okay, so you're this is sort of a little bit of independence that you're getting and your parents gave you really your first taste of financial independence. And Spoiler alert, you failed spectacularly. Tell us exactly <laughs> exactly what happened. They What did they do? They entrusted you. They said, okay, you're a big girl. You're nine years old. We're going to give you this responsibility. What happened? Yes. So they gave me the money. It was $50. And they told me, you know, be very careful with this money. Please don't lose it. We're trusting you that you can be responsible with it. And, you know, years before they had started teaching me about saving money and spending money. So I had my little buckets and everything. So I had a pretty good concept. And 
I'm the oldest child. And so again, they entrusted me that I could do well with it. And I was so excited that they would let me have my own money. And therefore I got to have my own wallet to keep the fancy pantsy money in. (laughs) So you're all organized. You got your money and your wallet. And what were you going to spend it on? What was this money for? Yes. Oh, anything I wanted. It could be food. It could be souvenirs. It could be, um, you know, little outings that we were going to do because we were also going to be going to Lagoon, which is an amusement park here in Utah. And so lots of good things that we were going to be able to use with it. And so I was there and just having so much fun. You know, I was obsessed with the Broncos and just being able to watch the Cowboys there and, you know, watching the bull riding, all that. I just was so entranced by it. And had a lot of soda beforehand and about midway through, you know, as a little kid, you don't have much bladder control. And so I'm like, okay, I've got to go to the bathroom. And I remember having this distinct memory of, oh, I have to take my money with me. I can't just leave my wallet here on the bench. Then the next thought was, oh, I better take it with me because my parents said, you know, always keep your money with you. Don't lose your money. So you were being financially responsible. That's what I thought. Yes. As a nine-year-old. And so my friend and I, We went and found the bathroom and I remember I didn't want to put it on the gross, dirty floor. So I put it on the back of the toilet seat. I went to the bathroom, came out, washed my hands and everything. And I left it there on the toilet seat, completely forgot that it was even there, came back to our seats. We were enjoying the rodeo. And then I just had that sinking pit in my stomach of, oh my gosh, where is my wallet? And, you know, as a grown up woman now, if you've ever left your purse somewhere and you have that like moment of panic, that's what I felt as a nine year old was that moment of, oh my gosh, I've got to go get my money. Where is my money? Where did I leave this money? And so we quickly went back to the bathroom. And of course, we went into every single stall and nothing was there and no one had turned it in. So you went to Lost and Found. Yes, yes, we did everything to try and find it. And, you know, hopefully someone else enjoyed that $50. <laughs> That's right. And it's disappointing that somebody did not turn that into lost and found. I mean, did you have your name on it? Anything? As a nine-year-old, we tend to put name tags on our kids' stuff. Yes, yes. You know, I'm sure I probably did, but I don't remember how that was. But I think one of the most disappointing things was is that people could be dishonest. And that was like a real big gut punch. <laughs> Right, because you left it there. And I get it. That's irresponsible. Yeah. It's a lesson when you're nine, but somebody also took it. Yeah. And that's also a lesson that if you yes. don't pay attention to your money, someone might take it. Yeah. So then from there, you know, I had to have that hard conversation and call my mom and dad and tell them, you know, hey, I'm really sorry, but I lost your money. And, you know, I could hear their disappointment through the phone, but my parents are so amazing and incredible. And, you know, they just walked me through it and, you know, they, they said they were disappointed, but that they loved me and it was okay. And, you know, we could make that money back and it wasn't earth shattering. But I think for me, the biggest thing is that nine-year-old was feeling that guilt that I had lost my parents' hard-earned money. And then as well, feeling upset that someone would take it. And then me feeling like, oh my gosh, now I'm always going to lose my money. So especially when I started my own business, that was where I started to see it come through a lot. I've always loved money, but that belief of, oh, I'm going to lose this money. So then I got really like I would hold on to it. And I almost created this scarcity mindset with money of if I don't keep it with me or if I'm not tracking it 100 percent through my bank account, it's going to lose money. Right. Or like some hacker is going to come on and take it. And so it made me almost shift into that scarcity, greedy side of money instead of just money flows to me easily side of things. Right. And negativity about money, that money is not something that can empower you. It's something that you have to kind of hoard and protect and keep because someone else might take it from you. And that that can really weigh on you. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was a huge, like that was probably one of the biggest lessons in that is that I had to be able to let go of that fear that money was against me instead of for me. And what is the lesson for our listeners from that? Yeah. So I had to really learn how to identify my money beliefs. One of the ways I like to do that and what I teach my coaching clients is to start to look at the money that they have right now and ask themselves, how do they feel about it? Are you happy? Are you sad? Does this overwhelm you? Does it stress you out? And then from there, write letters to your money. Identify what your money is trying to tell you. Do you actually write letters to your money? I do. I do. Yes. (laughs) What do you say in your letters to your money? When I was first starting out, it was, why do you always leave? Why is there never enough? Why do I feel like anytime I make money, it just quickly leaves, right? Like the bills, whatever it is that you have. And so it first started out very negatively of like, I don't like you. Why do you always leave me? And then it has slowly shifted into, you're pretty awesome. Thank you so much for showing up in my life. This was really cool that I made a hundred dollars today by helping out a person. And now I'm going to turn around and utilize this to help my family or another family. And just writing like I would write to my best friend. That actually flows into the everyday money tip that you're going to share because it has to do with your relationship with money and creating a more positive one. A lot of times, you know, we do things electronically. And so I like to cash my money and put it into cash. And then I carry $100 worth of cash with me. And it's in the range from $2 bills all the way up to $100 bills, right? From there, I look at it every single day and I'll say, thank you for showing up in my life. How can I help serve another person with this money? So gratitude. Yes, so much gratitude. Tell us more about your business, Foster Vitality. So Foster Vitality, like I kind of mentioned briefly in the beginning, is all about emotional healing. And so I really like to help women who are struggling with their anxious thoughts or depression or, you know, like we're talking about money today, their their fears around spending money for themselves and the emotions that that causes. Because so many times I see women trapped in that belief of, I can't spend money, I don't have time, and I'm not good enough. Where can people learn more about you and get in touch? Yes, so I'm on all of the social media sites, minus Twitter, I haven't gotten into that side yet, but you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Talisha Carter or Foster Vitality. Great, thank you so much. Thank you, I have loved being on here. Okay, my friends, let's do this. Financial grown-up tip number one. Look out for your friends' money and possessions. It would be obvious for me to say, keep tabs on your own stuff when you are out and about. That goes without saying. But I'm gonna share a story and I still feel sick to my stomach about it. I was in London with a friend in college. We were at a restaurant. She went to the ladies' room and I did not realize it, but she had left her bag somewhere. Maybe it was on the floor, the back of the chair. I wasn't really paying attention and she hadn't said anything, but I was at the table and her bag was somewhere. The thing is, I wasn't paying attention. And when she returned, she didn't notice anything either. But when we went to pay the bill, we noticed the bag had disappeared. I still feel bad. Someone obviously came by and swiped it while she was away. Or maybe it was when we were just talking. Who knows? The point is, we weren't paying attention. We need to have each other's backs. Financial grown-up tip number two you probably won't get a do-over. So come up with a do next. What are you going to do next time after something goes wrong? I want you guys to give us some thought. And when you have time, please DM me and let me know how you have come back from doing something cringeworthy with your money, like leaving your wallet 
in the bathroom. Because as I said at the top of the show, we all have those moments that we wish we could get a do-over on. Heads up, everyone. Financial grown-ups pay attention to the news and learn from it. Here is your shortcut. Come listen to Money in the Morning, the new podcast that I co-host with Joe Salcihai of Stacking Benjamins. We take the headlines and we break them down into what you need to pay attention to. It's in all the usual places that podcasts live. So join us. Big thanks to Talisha Carter of Foster Vitality for helping us all get one step closer to being financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.